Welcome back to another episode of the College Football Overdrive Podcast. My name is Fred Perdue. I am one of your hosts. I have a special, special session of summer school with you guys. Everybody knows that the secret day job is no longer a secret. I'm a teacher. And so I want to take you guys down to a place in North Carolina, Chapel Hill, to be specific, where... The fireworks go off on offense. Uh, It might go off on defense, maybe the wrong way. Uh, But we're talking summer school today. My esteemed colleague, Rick Brown, uh, is a bit under the weather today, so I'm rocking solo. But nonetheless, I always try to bring you guys good content. So we have Jeremiah Holloway, sports reporter from InsideCarolina.com, one of the best. Jeremiah, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. I'm uh, blessed to be here for sure. Uh, I'm going to have to meet Rick uh, at another time, you know, but uh hope he's doing well. But, yeah, I'm I'm doing good, man. Appreciate you having me on. Definitely. Let's pay some bills real quick. Make sure we find – you guys can find the show on Twitter at CFB Overdrive. You can find myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. You can find my, my guy Rick on Twitter, RickBrown91. Jeremiah, we got to know, where can they – where can my fans find you? Man, yeah. So I'm on Twitter right now, uh, JX Holloway. So be on the lookout there for that's where I, you know, like to post my stories. When the season gets going, that's where I'm going to, you know, be doing my tweets and things like that. Definitely also follow the Inside Carolina Twitter at Inside Carolina. Um, and yeah, man, uh, matter of fact, there's a there's a soccer game happening at Keenan Stadium. Uh, it's an international match between Chelsea and Wrexham. So you'll see some of my tweets on there as well about that. So first time UNC is hosting anything like that. So, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, check that out. And, you know, I'll be tweeting about that and things like that. So that's where you can find me. Very dope. Uh, football on both sides. Uh, we're talking uh, college football <laughs> today. Uh, so mm-hmm. I am a, I am the resident Miami Hurricane fan. So mm-hmm. and I don't and I'm very, very boastful about it, even mm-hmm. though we are not where we need to be. North Carolina has had our number since we jumped in the ACC. So this one's a tough one. But mm-hmm. there there we can kind of start with where last year North Carolina started out. Real hot, <laughs> right? right. Uh, I'm a, I've been a, I'm a football fan first, and I'm a former coach at high school level. So just to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit, so I love, and I was, and I coached quarterbacks and receivers. So you know, mm. I love the offensive side of the ball. Mm. North Carolina has been very good on the offensive side of the ball mm. over the last five to seven years. Mac Brown coming in. Uh, not necessarily known to be the most physical football uh-huh. coach ever, but quarterback has always been his thing. Uh, dating back to his days back in, in North Carolina in the beginning, Texas, of course, uh, with Vince Young, Colt McCoy, and now mm-hmm. Sam Howell, Drake May. I heard about Drake May a little bit before uh, mm-hmm. he, he became a name, and then was like, wait, look out for Drake May. I'm like, who's Drake May? And then, well – Everybody hit on the head with them. So we're going to talk a little bit of offense. We'll talk a little defense. We'll talk about the program overall. But tell us, where is North Carolina right now as we we head into the season? I look at a North Carolina team that, of course, last year had the 9-1 start, did lose the four straight. A couple of those games were close to their credit. Um, But nonetheless, that was the opportunity to get their first – you know, double digit 
win season in really nearly a decade. Um, and so, you know, this is a team that the last time they won the ACC uh, was 1980 when, when Lawrence Taylor was out there. So um, they definitely had a promising season. Win total-wise, it was the best season they had since Mac Brown returned, even though I personally believe the 2020 team was better. I think that team was a little bit better. That was a team that had Sam Howell, but then they had uh, Deami Brown, Daz Newsom on the outside. Then they had Michael Carter, Javante Williams. So Don't just... remind me. <laughs> Don't <laughs> remind me. That was a yeah. Ooh, so yeah, many pros. I mean, you just just look at yeah. the pros on that team, man. That is that is that's a that's a ridiculous uh, offensive unit. Um, so it, it's it's tough to to get back to that point. But I look at UNC. I think the overall trends in college football. Um, you do kind of see it with UNC. So a lot of their players coming in this year, they got by way of the transfer portal. Um, and one of their recruiting classes of 2020, if, I'm, uh, if I remember correctly, I mean, if you just look at who was signed to that class and who's still on the team, I mean, it is just not many players. It's not many. Um, so, yeah, this is a team that somewhat of a new look team. I think a lot of their key defensive players – are still there well, with the exception of the secondary. A lot of the secondary is gone, but their two leading tacklers in Power Eccles and Cedric Gray have returned. Of course, Drake May being the Heisman candidate going into next year, and we can talk a little bit about that too, but he is expected to be definitely in the mix, certainly as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. Um, so I think it's a team that, you know, they did have a good season last year, even if you consider the last four you don't want to lose. You don't want to end on four straight losses. But I think if you consider the fact that they did get to nine wins, you could look at that and say, hey, you know, this is a team that they're they're starting from somewhere. They got a good foundation, good base. Um, getting to that total is going to be a lot harder this year, in my opinion, just when you look at the different teams that they're going to have to play. Um, so but I think they are in a pretty respectable spot. They're one of the better teams. In the ACC, it is going to be interesting to see how they finish in the conference with the elimination of divisions. So, of course, last year they won the Coastal Division. So that's so they got to the ACC championship game. Now it's just going to be, you know, just one conference. Uh, So we'll see how they how they finish there. 2023 schedule that starts out pretty tough. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The Battle of the Carolinas, this one's always been one that I I really pay attention to. Mm -hmm. I've started paying attention more to this matchup back when Jadavian Clowney was hanging around South Carolina. Uh, But South Carolina to start, that's going to be a tough one. Shane Beamer and company, we know what they bring. Mm -hmm. Uh, App State at home minnesota a physical football team we know my partner rick brown he he's a pj flett guy he anytime he can row the boat he's gonna row the boat uh at Pitt, they beat you up real bad uh an off week that's good definitely right where they need it syracuse miami also both at home uh Mm. virginia at home that's a nice uh, miami sandwiched in there miami actually Mm. played them pretty tough Last year, despite all the issues, uh, at Georgia Tech, a team that they they just they wet the bed. They it do. is what it is. Yeah, they do. Camp uh, Campbell, I expect you to win this game, but depending on where the season is, you could possibly have a game where they sleepwalk through that game. Duke was a a pleasant surprise last year mm-hmm. at Clemson, and to finish it off at NC State. 
And if things work out right, they're back in the AC. They could potentially be in the ACC championship game again. Right. But this schedule's it starts out tough and it ends tough. It does. When I look at the schedule, it's like they're probably depending on I don't know what mood I'm in or what side of the bed I wake up in the morning. It's mm-hmm. probably either five or six games where I say UNC should win that game. Mm-hmm. And there are a few other swing games. How about this? I would say there's probably five games they should win. And then there are maybe another five or six that I would consider you know, probably a swing game. Then there's probably another one or two where I say, I don't know about that one. Um, I'll actually tell you this. Uh, the job I had right before this, so I started here in April, but uh, the job I had before this, I actually covered South Carolina uh, for the 22 season. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was another team. South Carolina kind of was the opposite of UNC. They started off kind of slow, then hit a stride. That so, they did, yes. Yeah, so they started off – they got obviously clobbered by Georgia at home, and then they lost to Arkansas the week before that. Then they had a couple of, you know, non-conference wins, okay, but then they really ended up taking off, and then they ended with the two explosive wins against Tennessee and Clemson, who obviously UNC is going to play this year. So Tennessee and Clemson. Um so South Carolina, and they lost a few of their key players as well, but I think they just kind of found something last year that, uh, you know, that they're going to be able to take into next season. And we'll see. I mean, you know, it's funny. Both teams, week one, have a new offensive coordinator. So obviously UNC's uh, got Lindsey's new, who's new, but then Dowell Loggins is new at South Carolina. So it's like, that kind of that adds an extra element of interest to me for that game because it's two offenses that's like trying to figure out, you know, what direction that they kind of want to go. Now, obviously, they have established players on those units, but it's like, what is their offensive identity going to be? If you look at UNC, they want to run the ball more. That's something that they've been talking about. Um, one area of concern, uh, you know, I guess for some fans is, you know, Drake May was the leading rusher last year rather than having a running back. Now he can run it, don't get me wrong. But I think when you look at just the the unit that they have on the running back side, there is talent there. It's just a matter of, you know, kind of picking somebody and staying. Um, they did have injuries on that side of the ball, particularly Caleb Hood uh, was, was a little bit limited as far as, uh, you know, the injuries and things like that. But I think overall, you know, you look at the schedule and like you said, it, it starts off uh, very challenging for sure. There are a few games, I think, in the middle that they could probably gain some momentum and things of that nature. I think if you look at their first five games, if they come out of the first five games, three and two, then I think their positioning in the ACC, you have to feel good about it. If they come out of their four and one, you know, I think you're, we're having, you know, some serious conversations about what that team can do. Um if you go into that Clemson game with probably, I think the best case scenario for UNC, like absolute best case scenario is going into the Clemson game with maybe two losses. That's probably best case scenario. That's where it's like, maybe this team is, you know, really, maybe, maybe they were, uh, you know, destined to kind of do some things. But um, if I had to predict, I personally think South Carolina might have a slight edge in that first one. Um, and then I'm not sure who else between Pitt and Syracuse or Minnesota would win. I do think they probably lose one of those. Uh, I think they drop, they probably going to drop another one along the way. So I think they probably go into that Clemson game, maybe with three losses. 
I do think they could beat State. So I'd probably say maybe eight and four, seven and five, that kind of range. And then we would see, uh, obviously, if they make the championship or if they get to a bowl game, what their overall record would be. But that's just kind of how I see it uh, at this present moment, for sure. Very much similar to last year. Uh, this off this team explosive offensively. I right. mean, I this is I I watch other teams in conference, out of conference, but this one was one I every week I'm like, I want to see what Drake May does. I want to see mm-hmm. what Drake May does. <laughs> offensively, top 30-ish uh across the board. Points a game, yards per game. Mm-hmm. Converting on converting first downs, they're constantly moving the chains. Very good. Running mm-hmm. the football, mm, not so good. Average mm-hmm. 3.9 a carry. That's good for 76th in the country. Mm-hmm. Got to get better. Keeping the offense not only on the field, but also uh, keeping Drake May healthy. You can't have your quarter – unless your name's Lamar Jackson. Right. And that, or <laughs> Cam Newton, something like that. I don't necessarily want my quarterback – leading the team in rushing yeah. but also i want to keep the chains moving because i want that bad defense that was run by gene chiswick mm-hmm. who hasn't changed his ways since his days with cam newton at auburn yeah i i need that to be a little bit different um right bottom third in the country ranked 104th uh overall not good on the defensive side kind of hurts that you lose your your top two guys in the secondary mm-hmm. but and i've done my homework I, I i make sure i do my homework when it comes to other teams not only for i want to know what i'm going up against going into these into week what five or six i want right. to know so tony grimes gone storm duck who i actually like pretty pretty well he's gone but mm-hmm. some transfers that are coming in uh how are they going to impact in the secondary um, Elijah Hussey, how can a guy like him from East Tennessee State, uh, how can guys like him help? Um, yeah. Chapman also from Virginia Tech. Those guys can come in and maybe give a little bit of a boost to us, a, a secondary that was run by uh, a former North Carolina guy in Dre Bly, a former Mac Brown right. guy too. I mean, yeah, I, I do my home. I do my homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Jason Jones, uh, yeah. now the DB coach, he's going to have to – he's going to have a – Big task in front of him. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Dre Bly is, uh, uh, you know, no longer over there. You know, was, uh, the defense has been, you know, a point of concern since, obviously, Mac has returned. I think we alluded to it a little bit earlier. That has been something that's been difficult. Losing what you had experience-wise, obviously, they did not have a very productive year at all last year. Um, gave up 30 points last year. Gave up 32 the year before that as a unit. Um, but having that experience in the defensive backfield would have been obviously probably a bonus, but then I think I also look at it like this, you know, it pretty much is a clean slate, you know, as far as, uh, you know, a lot of those veterans leaving and you bring in guys that, I mean, the team has raved about Elijah Hussey throughout the off season. Uh, they were talking about him a little bit in the spring. And then since then, and some of the interviews that they've had, they've said, Elijah Hussey is difficult to, in some ways, throw against in practice, or, you know, he's a guy that really gets after. So that they really rave about him uh, within the organization. Uh, so I do wonder what he could bring to the table. Uh, and then they just brought in uh, Intavious Stick Lane. They, well, he committed a 
a while ago, but you know, he arrived, uh, I believe a month ago. Um, so that's another one they've been raving about too. So, you know, we'll see what those transfers do. Yeah. Chapman as well. And Chapman's obviously got a lot of experience too. So, you know, they're, they're bringing in guys that have experience guys that I guess in the, in that sense, kind of know the game. We'll see how they fit in. I wonder what a year two defense under Gene Chizik kind of looks like. Um, a lot of them, you know, have been talking about, you know, they feel more, they feel a heightened sense of, you know, kind of freedom. They Maybe they feel like they know the plays a little more, know the formations a little more, whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm in, I am interested to see what they do look like in year two um, when everything is, you know, they've had that year under them. And like you said, especially with a new defensive backfield, I say new, but yes, it's essentially a new, you know, defensive backfield as far as the, the rotation and everything like that. Losing that many players, I mean, like I said, basically a clean slate, clean reset. Um, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to create some turnovers back there. They if I remember correctly, they were last in the conference as far as like an interception. Um so they're gonna they're gonna have to really, you know, step up on that end of the field. And like I said, week one, that's a that's a very interesting opportunity because you're going against a South Carolina team that, like I said, you know, they have a new offensive coordinator and they actually have NFL caliber wide receiver uh, uh, Juice Wells, you know, so, you know, who guards Juice Wells week one, uh, you know, so I think that'll be um, very interesting to see something I think very noteworthy to see. I mean, even last year, a game like the App State game, you give up 61 points on the road. It's not what you want, you know, um, so we'll see what those first couple of weeks look like. And, you know, if they really have changed under Gene Chizik or if it's just a thing of, you know, hey, these pieces don't fit together and uh, and it just doesn't work. But I am interested to see those first five games, I think, are are really important. Those first five games, I think, will say a lot about where UNC stacks up against the rest of the country and potentially where they could finish in the ACC. Definitely. Uh, one last thing on the defense. Uh, they were last in, in, in sacks in the conference. It was, mm. I think, secondaries are great, and I think a lot of people get caught up in the, the, the skill guys, but the big people in the middle, the athletic oh, people yeah. on, the, on, the, on the edges, yeah. you can't produce any pressure. You can have Deion Sanders and Darrell Rivas back there. I don't care who you have. Yeah. You, if you're not getting any pressure, especially you can't push the pocket in the middle. You're done. You're done. Yeah. And I think that's been that was one of the things I noticed uh, when when as bad as Miami was not to make this. This isn't about Miami, but just knowing mm. I watched that game specifically. Uh, Miami got pressure and they actually gave some gave North Carolina some fits. It's just Miami was Miami this year. And it, it just I, they were the only team that really gave that offense problems. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, not to cut you off, but I like that point because games really kind of get won and lost in the trenches. That's what a lot of people uh, say. I remember one time Deion Sanders got asked about uh, – this is when he was at Jackson State. He got asked about, you know, would you guys want to schedule Alabama? And he said – I remember you know, that. Yeah. We gotta, yeah, he said we got to beef up in the middle. Uh, you know, it's harder for us to – win games down there. We can get you with the skill guys, with the receivers, with the running backs, whatever. But if we can't beef up down there, you know, that's where that's where the ultimate difference comes in. 
So tell me, we have the 2023 recruiting class mm-hmm. uh, ranked 28th in the country. Pretty good for a, a North Carolina type team. Mm-hmm. Mac Brown's been a pretty good recruiter. Dre Bly, one of the better recruiters in the country sure. before he was uh, before he departed. Who are the impact freshmen? Usually there's always one or two. I remember when Josh Downs came around, I was like, oh, who is he? Mm-hmm. And three years later, he's off to the NFL. But who's that next guy that is the impact freshman? You can give me one on offense, one on defense, or just over. Yeah. I'll give you one offense, one defense. One I think about is uh, Chris Culliver. So he's ranked number five in the state of North Carolina. Good size. He's at six foot three. Um, star rankings, uh, they give him a four star. You know, those kind of, you know, take the best kind of estimation, I would say, on those. Uh, I think that's one that, you know, you could kind of look out for just given the the opportunities that might come up. So obviously UNC tried to replace, um, you know, Downs and Green with, you know, Nate McCollum and Tess Walker, essentially. I think I think Tess Walker is going to be very productive this year. And I think given Nate McCollum's experience, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is because on paper, those are certainly going to be the number one and number two. Uh, and I think they bring in, I mean, they return a guy like Kobe Pesor, who I think, um, you know, definitely has the potential to make some plays. But I, I bring up Culliver because what Josh Downs had offensively, uh, you know, the, the attention that he got and then also just the targets he received, um, I'm not 100% sure if Tez Walker gets the same amount over, you know, because Josh, you know, he got a lot of attention, particularly in 21, he got a lot of attention um, on the offensive side. So I wonder if Chris Culliver can kind of come in, obviously, like I said, given his size and given his stature as a player uh, and kind of contribute. And then I look at uh, Jay Braun Harvey, who's ranked number 11 in North Carolina. So he's listed at the Jack position. So that's kind of defensive end linebacker, kind of little, fusion kind of thing. So they certainly are going to, you know, need help up front. So whoever they can bring in, I guess, as far as that line, um, you know, whoever they bring in or whoever they can, you know, kind of insert into the game, he's a four star as well. So um, I think it's reasonable to maybe predict. And it, it's, it gets a lot different. I think in, in the college game, you know, getting a true freshman to come in and really impact, uh, especially a position like that, it can be tough. Just there's just such a size difference. But I think as far as just someone getting in, you know, and trying to make plays, I think those are some of the, you know, candidates that stick out. Oh, Tyler Thompson, I meant to bring him up as well, six foot four out of Panther Creek, number 10 in North Carolina. He's another one that I think you could probably, uh, you know, come in. And even if he's not, you know, a full time starter, which would be very unlikely to be a full time starter, uh, maybe this is somebody that can kind of come in and just just to see what they do, just to see what they do. And, you know, I think UNC's defense, since it has struggled, you know, what are the things that they try that's new? What are the things that they try, uh, you know, just to get some spark, get some energy and obviously to make plays. So uh, those are some of the ones I would look at for sure. You mentioned Tez Walker. uh, One of those players that just big, fast. North Carolina has been when I think of God, when I when you say that, they, and I'm dating myself a bit, but um, Hakeem Nix is one, a guy that when I think of him, when I think of a big, fast North Carolina receiver uh, or Greg Little, 
yeah, I, I'm going back a little too far, but <laughs> but yeah, those are those are what I think of when I see guys like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake May again, we we talked about Heisman candidate. He is one of those guys who I've actually I've gone on record and said he reminds me of a younger. He's not as big, but if you look at Watch the tape and just take the jersey off. He reminds me a lot of Big Ben Roethlisberger back in back at the big six five quarterback. He's he likes to scramble around, extend the play, big arm. Okay. Has a lot of the same attributes. Uh, the only thing I that really irks me with him, he leaves a lot to be desired uh, when it comes to accuracy. Mm. Uh, Drake May he also leaves a lot on the bone. His numbers are always pretty great. Say, let's say 28 of 35 for 345 and five touchdowns. That's what it feels like I see every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I feel like that that should probably be seven touchdowns or six touchdowns or 430 and six touchdowns because he missed the guy deep or he missed the easy read. That could have easily been a big play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Drake May is on my list. Uh, anybody not named Caleb Williams is probably that's about the only person in college football that's better than him at this point. Mm-hmm. I expect Drake may to be in the Heisman discussion, regardless of record. I think his numbers will be really, really, really good. For sure. um, but yeah, North Carolina has, I think they can really surprise uh, Clemson is still big, the big dog in the yard until somebody mm-hmm. else decides to kick them out. Please, somebody kick them out. I'm tired <laughs> of seeing them. Please. So North Carolina, that they have been on the clock for us for our summer school session. Jeremiah, it was great having you on today uh, yes, to talk North Carolina football. I will. We will definitely have to reach out to you, have you back on at some point. Yeah, maybe that Miami game might be a, a good starting point. We'll see. Yeah, good Miami uh, preview. Yes, sir. <laughs> so before we get you out of here, though, let the fans know where they can find you, find your work, and and, and plug your stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, go on InsideCarolina.com. Low key, it kind of it reroutes you to twenty four seven, but it'll it'll get you ready to go. It'll get mm-hmm. you to the to the North Carolina section. Um, you can find my work there for sure. Uh, if you just kind of search Jeremiah Holloway Inside Carolina, you should find my stuff. Uh, again, Twitter is JX Holloway. Um, I like to post my stuff on there, things like that. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, walk me a follow. I, I definitely appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find my stuff for sure. Definitely, man. Definitely. I really appreciate you coming on. Guys, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at CFB Overdrive. You can find myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. And you can find my guy, Rick Brown, who keeps it uh, straight. No chaser. Send out some some good vibes to him. Uh, but you can find him on Twitter at Rick Brown 91. Until next time, folks, on the Summer School Series. Stay safe and peace.